Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be having, I feel like this is like a classic parent conversation, actually, the conversation we're about to have, and that's uh, it's a discussion on whether or not we intend to put our children in not just youth sports, but team sports as they continue to grow older. Katie and I both played in organized sports when we were in high school, we played on high school sports teams, uh, and so we're going to reflect back and think about some of the things that were pros and that were cons and what we hope to be able to do with our children uh, going forward. Again, this feels like such a, a parent conversation. It's like everybody that I'm around that has kids this is what they're constantly talking about. What what league are you going to play organized sports? And here we are having this conversation, and we, we thought we would do it with you all. Katie, do you want to do this? Yeah, let's go. But before we go, though, I do want to say we've been so encouraged by many of you that have reached out, um, especially now that more of you are reaching out via email. We're able to see a lot more of your messages. We we try to get on and see, uh, you know, the first maybe 10 or 15 comments on YouTube, which is always so fun to see uh, that. But then, you know, that just kind of, I don't know, they get lost, you know, down the thread. But you, those of you that have taken the time to email us we always see those so thank you for that and then any ratings or reviews you're able to leave on itunes and spotify we see those so thank you so much for doing that um means a lot to us the now that we're a family podcast so i think this is going to be a fun conversation to have tonight i felt like we'd already had the conversation uh, several times on the podcast but then i realized Oh, really? We talk about the same aspect of our sports or lack thereof, which is basically like our high school experience. And we don't really talk all around this whole issue of sports. And when I got to thinking about it, I was like, we actually did. I'm going to get to reading this in just a second. I'm not, I'm not in any hurry. <laughs> okay. Got nowhere to go tonight. So. Awesome. I've got you all night. Um, but I started thinking like, it's kind of funny because I played competitive sports for four years, but my family is one of the most lifelong sport lovers that I personally know. As far as like, we've all, well, I guess I played in a club after marriage. My sister played in a club after marriage. I have a sister playing in a club right now. Uh, my brother's, you know, he's a purple belt in jujitsu. Brown belt. Come on. Brown? Yeah. He's brown? Did you not get this memo? Oh my yeah. no! Wow, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, yeah, so we can basically monumental. kill like five people at one time or something. Yeah. Anyways, so I just think it's really fun how all of us have played pregnant. We have all skied pregnant, or played volleyball pregnant, or soccer pregnant. And I just think it's like sports and the love of sports is such a aspect of our family for not playing for playing. I guess one sport organized. Yeah, that's a good point because I, I, I almost – I know it's not – people don't use this comparison, but I'm going to use this comparison because we've heard that – I think it was talked about in the interview we did with Dr. Cardaris how uh, significant of a statistic or uh, of a metric it is when children don't just learn to read early but then develop a love for reading. And I feel like there's a lot of kids that play sports at a young age but never really develop a lifelong love for playing sports. And you guys really developed a lifelong love for playing the sports even before you like played them on teams. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. And that's really what what has lasted is that love for competing, not just in individual sports, because sure you love, you know, skiing and surfing and things that you can kind of, you know, do mm -hmm. by yourself. 
but you guys also have made a point to be a part of team sports as well, even post high school. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like none of us were athletes in college or anything, but I would say we're all lifelong athletes. And anyways, it was just an interesting concept yeah. that came to my mind as we were getting ready to talk about this. Okay, but first I'm going to read you something from Good Ranchers. Some of you have messaged and said that you have heard Good Ranchers um, read through so well their ads that you can anticipate what the words are going to be. So you can test yourself as I read this through and see if you get it right. Oh. Yeah. They do sponsor a lot of awesome podcasts. Oh, that's why it was so fun to, (laughs) yeah, kind of align with with them them. and partner with them because... We believe in so many of the same things. Yeah, so we really get behind uh, good ranchers. Okay, take the ick out of chicken in 2024 with good ranchers. During their new year new meat promotion, you can get free chicken for a year. Instead of buying low-quality meat for high prices, who wants to do that? Mm. You can stock up on high-quality cuts and save... Hundreds. hundreds oh you know good guess elisha hasn't listened to this enough <laughs> subscribe to any box and they'll add over T- two pounds two pounds of pre-trimmed better than organic chicken breast to your order for free we've talked about this before but better than organic is actually really important because so much junk can go into organic products and it's organic has really just become a money maker without the purity standard there anymore this chicken is different from the chicken you know it comes from a no antibiotics ever program which means it's never given any antibiotics imagine that hormones or vaccines for its entire life that's why their chicken is over 2,000 five-star reviews and thank you guys for the 1,400 ratings you've given our podcast (laughs) reviews simply go to goodranchers.com Pick your box, use our code VOTEBERG. You can check in the description box for how to spell it. And enjoy $189 of free chicken in 2024 plus $20 off your first order. Stock your fridge with easy to prepare, clean, delicious meat all year long. Not sure which box to choose? Try their brand new weekly essentials box full of pre-trimmed beef and chicken that helps you meal prep so you can save time without sacrificing. Quality? That's good. Flavor. Oh. (laughs) Two things you want in meat, flavor and quality. Start your year off right with meat you can trust. Make sure to subscribe today and use our code Voteberg <laughs> nailed that one to claim over two hundred dollars in juicy tender chicken and New Year savings. GoodRanchers.com, American meat delivered. Nailed it! Thank you, Good Ranchers, for sponsoring this yes, podcast. Thank you so much. Well, that was fun. I think I'll get better at that. Being able to fill in the <laughs> blank. Yeah, I, that those always stressed me out in tests when they would be fill in the blanks. I'm like. It could be so many things. It's true. Multiple like, choices. Way easy. better. Yeah. Fill in the blank. I'm like, oh, my word. What if it's, What if I choose like a synonym to the word that they intend for me to use? Does that still count? You know? Or like when you can't spell the word. Oh, well, yeah. And you get it wrong. Yeah. That stinks. That stinks too. Okay. So where do you want to start in this conversation? Well, this has been coming up a lot. And I think that we've discussed it, like you mentioned, in passing through you know, talking about our upbringing but i don't think we've really solidified what our plan is with sports and probably because it's always evolving as our children continue to grow but i think most of the times that we've mentioned sports with our kids it's been kind of negative because we haven't loved team experiences with our kids in sports Uh, and i think that's because they're young 
and at the age that they're at, we've decided that it's just not a great use of time and it's not great for our family. Just to like, if you guys aren't familiar with our kids' experience with sports, they've played on a soccer league one year. And that was really fun, actually. We all had fun. Yeah, and, and we then we started it. the second year. Yeah, and we started the second year. We did one practice where the kids were in two different practices. This was the first year we had kids in different age you know, teams. Yes. So we tried the two-team thing for one week, and we promptly quit. Yeah. So that was our, that's our, been our kids' experience. We also, Lucy's done ballet for, I think, six weeks, and the kids did gymnastics for maybe a month. Yes. That's and a good point. Yeah. Quit both those things as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and so looking ahead, I think that I've become more and more aware, retro, you know, respectively, of some of the things that I do value and what I learned in sports. I think growing up, getting away from high school sports, I, I didn't care. I was like, you can whatever, take it or leave it. Some people play basketball. Some people, you know, do a chess club. Some people enjoy skiing, just pick something to keep yourself busy. And, uh, it's a good, you know, it can be a good use of time if you're not causing trouble. Uh, but as I've gotten older and, and more actually importantly, as I've seen my children start to grow and develop, I've realized some of the things that I learned in team sports, which for me, I think was primarily high school basketball. I don't know if I could have played high school basketball without playing in the younger grades. You know, it's hard to say. Um, it's just, I mean, obviously, that very much depends on where you live and what how competitive your you know school district is. Uh, but with so many of these specialized sports, it's like it seems like you have to start pretty young, playing on a travel team, um, or at the very least, playing on a you know in a community league to be able to play at a high school level, at a varsity level when you are in high school. Uh, but there are some things that I started seeing in my own children. I was like, ah, I don't want these shortcomings. And then I started identifying them in other people that maybe I was brought up around, primarily with homeschoolers. I mean, this is almost like a age, continuation of our like socialization episode for, for homeschoolers. But I do think there are some key characteristics and character qualities that I want my children to learn that I learned in sports. And I don't know if there's other places to, to learn these, if there are more you know, uh, I guess productive ways to learn these character qualities or to go through these life experiences. I'm all for it. I'm not like a, you know, basketball or bust guy with my boys. Um, well, if anything, we've been anti up until this point. Kind of. Yeah. A little bit. I've been, just because the whole scheduling of it really gets on my nerve. Like I, like you have to show up when they say what time practice is, you got to travel to games, you got to go to tournaments, that whole thing. And, and I still think that that is can be very detrimental to the well-being of a family culture. But I think some families have figured out how to do it well. And I think your family did it well. I think my family did it well for a long time. And then I think my family noticed there at a point where it was becoming more harmful than helpful in our family culture. And they took all of my brothers out of sports. They're like, or out of, out of some of the sports, like some of the sports that were more. The team traveling sports. Yeah, the tra exactly. And they're like, this is, what they are we doing here? They played some golf, right? After yeah, so that? after they got out of basketball, when maybe my two younger brothers were like freshmen and I think they were freshmen and a sophomore, um, then they played like tennis and golf. And for whatever reason, those schedules and calendars worked a little bit better for the Well, and it wasn't just that. It was a culture it thing. It was the culture thing. Yes, as no well. doubt. No with doubt. Basketball with football, um, the team guy culture yeah. was becoming a place where they didn't want their sons. No doubt. And that was having a massive impact. And these were at public schools. Yep. And so that's obviously 
going to be more of an issue probably on a basketball team than like on a track team or something like that um, where it's more of an individual sport and you don't have as many locker room conversations or the bus rides yes you know i don't know it's different when you sometimes with that team aspect yeah that's that's exactly right and again this is gonna i think vary case by case if you can be a part of a christian you know like an actually like an actual quality christian school team um or you know some some sort of I guess, select league, but some things that I I think I just wrote down a list of things I really want my children to be able to learn. And again, these were things that I experienced in, in high school basketball. And I don't know where else I could have experienced these things. I'm sure they're out there, but as I'm looking forward to the development of my children, like, ah, boy, I want them, you know, for instance, to experience adversity in a controlled environment. So before they leave the home, I want them to have the proverbial, you know, punch in the face. And I mean, maybe that does mean sign them up for boxing instead of basketball. But that the feeling of, you know, getting somebody cheap shots you in the middle of a game, you know, they give you an elbow to the rib or they, they put a knee, you know, in your groin when, when they're setting a, a back pick and you're, you feel the physiological response to retaliate or to get angry or to, um, or, or, you know, or to just like roll over and, you know, and cry or whatever it may be. And to have to live through that, I want them to experience those things, like I said, in controlled environments before they are out, you know, at a four-way stop and a guy's like getting out of his car wanting to fight him. Cause, cause things like that happen in life where you have to learn how to face like confrontations adversity and my dad always said you know what's the proverb like a a man that can't control his own spirit is is like a city whose walls are torn down Mm -hmm. um i do think i learned a lot in in like like i said that inevitable physiological response of like i like i want to punch him back or i want to you know yell yell back to my you know yell back to my coach or i want to get in the ref's face because of a of a of a poor call and control your spirit, control your temper and, and live through that. I do think there was like that muscle was flexed in that environment far more than it would have been flexed in just, um, my homeschool environment where I was doing hard things. My parents had us do a lot of hard work in academics, in music practice, in physical labor out on the tree farm, um, and so on. And so it wasn't that like, I would have been a, you know, a pansy, physically otherwise but i think that type of confrontation was helpful and a lot of times you see that in other people when they haven't been exposed to that and then they're exposed to it as young adults and they and they aren't able to control themselves in the midst of it yeah i'm actually really enjoying this because this is the first time i have i have no clue what you wrote down and this is the first time i've ever heard you pull any pros from your sports experience yeah and so because up until this point we we've obviously talked about we don't like the schedule um it's so rigorous and it can really pull apart family dinners and that's something that we just really prioritize in our home and it would be something that we would have to um it, it wouldn't be something we would do year round you know what i mean like we we wouldn't be the sports family where we're doing quarter by quarter by quarter sports for that reason mm-hmm. um I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I just brought Elisha an extracurricular activity that would mean we would have to do an early dinner tonight, and that did not go over oh, well. My word. I feel bad, but I was like insulted with the suggestion. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so clearly, like family dinner times are 
both something when we look back on our childhoods where we are like, that was a golden opportunity for memories and culture yes. and tradition and sharing mm. what was on your heart. And, and we don't want to lose that, yes. um, conversation and just, for a long-term yes, situation. Exactly. So, um, that's something that we really, you know, question when it came to team sports, like you mentioned. And the other thing was the whole, um, just peer pressure culture, you know, mm-hmm. at, at those young ages, who are the other kids? What are they getting exposed to? Um, Elisha was exposed to stuff, obviously it, on his teams. I was exposed to things on my teams and it's just, it, obviously our children have to be in the world and get exposed to, they will be exposed to a lot of stuff, but what is the environment that that's happening in mm-hmm. and is what's the healthiest way that we can help them navigate that? Yeah. Um, Cause that's a very big thing. And I would say the other thing that we've, brought up was just that element of um, a lifelong love of sports and not getting Mm. burnt out and not thinking that it needs to be um, structured or there has to be a ref there or there have to be people Mm. who are really good at the game there in order to have fun. Because I know that was something when you married me and you started playing pickup basketball with my family who were like, I don't know, not not varsity basketball players. Um, and you were like, they just, I admire the way that they have so much fun. Oh, and they yes. just have a blast. And I feel like, you know, this was a long time ago, but you felt like maybe you'd let some of the fun get away and kind of getting burnt out in the structure of the sport. Yeah, and again, it's hard to know. So I 100% agree with you. With I'm not, you I'm not said, trying to defend... Um, I'm just trying to say like where our conversation has been up until this point. And now as we see our son, you know, he's coming into seven years old and these other, and we're thinking, okay, well, what we don't want to do is look back at our childhood and do the pendulum swing where we're like, we don't appreciate what certain aspects of our life that we grew up with, how those did benefit us. And we take those things for granted because we see that a lot in parenting by observing other parents. And we do that ourselves too. And so we want to be really wise to not just take for granted things we learn and be like, we're doing none of that stuff. We're going to do all this different stuff. And then our kids grow up with these um, holes maybe that that those things that we did do in our childhood filled. Yeah. And so that's kind of where this new conversation is coming from. Yeah. And, and again, that's I'm glad you brought that up because most of the points I wrote down are going to sound as though I'm pro putting my kids in structured sports. You know, maybe when they get older, around 13, 14, 15 years of age. Um but this is new for me. I'm writing down all the pros because they're just coming to me because up until literally like the last couple of months, I've been anti. I've only been able to see the cons from my upbringing in sports and from the time spent there. And so I, I probably should preface it by saying, and I do think that was one of those cons um, was, you know, prior to me getting involved in organized basketball and joining a travel team or whatever in, in sixth grade. Or I guess, yeah, halfway through my fifth grade, I jumped in in fifth grade and then really got serious about it in sixth grade. Prior to that, my family, it was just so fun to play any backyard sports with them. We'd play wiffle ball. We would put our rollerblades on and go play hockey and we'd reenact, you know, the Mighty Ducks flying V and we'd play pickup basketball in the backyard and we would make up games and it was really fun. It was all ages, you know, all genders, mom and dad, everybody was playing and then all of a sudden I became a part of a travel team and then you, you, you're running the set plays and there's the rest and there's the scoreboard and, and it's like everything else kind of seemed like a joke. I was like, well, I'm not, I don't want to play with my family. Like I, I play on a real team and I play with kids my age and I play with other, 
other boys. I'm not going to play with my sisters. And that attitude, I think, was really unfortunate because there was so much joy in our in our home around sports up until that point. And it's not like it was all sucked out of it at that moment, but it did change the overall attitude towards just casual sports playing in our family. I think we've gotten, we got that back later on, like when we got into different sports almost, it's almost like we had to get away from the sports that we were playing on in teams with, um, and play other sports to have fun as a family. Um, so that is something that I want to cultivate in my children, this love so that when they are 28 years old or they're 42 years old, they're having a blast playing. Like I, I think with your family, like what got a, I got a kick out of is it's like we go to the gym and it's like, we're playing like seven on eight full court basketball. And like the thought of having like three teams and one team sitting would never cross your family's mind. It's like, no, we're all going to play all of the games all of the time. <laughs> like my you know? mom's out there. One of my sisters who's pregnant is out there. Like everyone and everyone's very physical in my family for girls. Oh yeah. I would say, I mean, for being primarily a girl family. So there's eight of us girls and only three boys and uh, everyone gets real Chevy elbowy. I mean, it's yeah, probably it's, just a giant foul. It's the whole game. Oh, it's a blast. Nothing's though. legal. It's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a total hazard and well, it's carnage. But it's uh, but it's fun and it that brought so much joy to me. I was like, this this is a blast. Like this is so much fun, um, playing and 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 then like yeah, you maybe want your kids to be able to develop some skills and understand the game yeah. a little bit more if they're going to play on a team. But I want them to be able to always maintain that really fun approach to playing pickup soccer or pickup volleyball or pickup basketball and not be the kid that's like oh no that's not the rule you know you've got to you know whatever you know like it's you gotta you can't go over and back and it's like we're not worrying about over and back right now man you know you have to major on the majors for sure yes when you're playing just like pickup sports yes but there do need to be some rules too otherwise it gets a little out of hand yeah no doubt okay but i do like that okay so the first thing that you had was basically like Control yourself yes. in a situation where you're feeling aggressive, someone wrongs you, and you have to just yeah, just like have self control. You're like, oh, okay, this is what that is right now. Like everything in all of my yeah. instincts are saying, you know, hit back or yell back or or even, I mean, moments, especially you know when I was younger, just like wanting to cry. It's like the moment gets too. My dad would always say, "Like don't let the moment get too big for you." And I remember, <laughs> I remember feeling that way sometimes in competitive sports, especially you know we were a small town, Centralia. And we would travel to play some of the bigger schools when I was like 12 or 13 or 14. And just the speed of the game and the physicality that they played with, that they were bigger, you know, they were stronger, they were, they were faster, they were more skilled and everything just, it would be easy. It was so easy to be just paralyzed. Like, mm-hmm. like, what do I, this is, this feels like a different game than what we were practicing, you know, yesterday in, in our home gym uh, and not letting that overwhelm to the point of paralysis, just mm-hmm. being able to compete amidst that. Be like, yeah, we'll lose. We'll, you know, they're they're better than us, but compete in that instead of just fold, you know, instead of just just giving up. Um, so those are things that my dad really cared about. He didn't care about the results. He cared about, you mm-hmm. know, my attitude, my effort, my my mindset in those situations. And and I do appreciate that in mm-hmm. retrospect. Um, like I said, because uh, it is weird now when when I even and it's not that it happens all the time, but when I face adversity or when I face confrontation and you feel the, your defensiveness kick in, you feel that like your ego, like I feel my ego being like, no, like I've got to, you know, put my, sink my heels in. I've got something to refer to. It's like, oh, that's right. I've been here before. 
numerous times and like you you acknowledge it like that's my ego that's my pride that's like my very you know sinful physiological response wanting to retaliate like let that go you know, whether it's road just the basic things of like road rage mm-hmm. you know just a guy like cutting you off and fl- flipping you the bird and, and you just like have this like okay let's go and be like wait a second like i've wait what am i doing i've got a wife and a kid and kids at home like this guy clearly has issues with his life, but having like the, I'm not saying that bad, that's what I'm saying. I think I learned a lot of those. You do. You're really, in, really good. In, in basketball, I know people learn them elsewhere and I'm open to my son's learning those in other environments. But this is a skill we want our boys exactly. to know. So that's they need to be saying. in some kind of environment where that's teaching them. And for you, it was sports. Yes. Yeah. And I do think that you are really good at that. You're good at de-escalating situations and you're good at keeping your cool. Thanks. Yeah, sometimes I try to get you mad and you just <laughs> can't get a rise out of you. <laughs> no, that's good. And that, I think that is a true concern that I have with homeschooling my boys. Yeah. Is yeah. they're in such a protected, they're not going to be getting really like schoolyard fights, right? They're not going to be getting sent to the principal's office um, mm-hmm. and having to be rebuked in that context. Um, obviously, we're going to train them. We're going to rebuke them. But it does seem like there is another element of learning that can take place when it's having to control your spirit with like a peer, you know, yeah. or somebody that's not your parent. Um, anyways, so that, that's just yeah, something that, that's really good that I'm conscientious of. Um, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So like I said, I want my children to experience adversity in controlled environments where they have to learn to control their spirit and their emotions and their, and their attitude and whatnot. Um, and then I do think there is, I got, I think there was value in learning to work within a system within a structure within a game, you know, and, um, I, I, I should actually ask Wade where he got this, but your uncle Wade brought up this Jordan Peterson, um, I guess story or, or, or concept of wanting your children to be able to, there's like four kids. I think I remember sharing this with you, the kids that like, they think the game's the real life or the, or they, they, but, or they see the game for what it is, but they think it's dumb. So they don't want to play. And, and there's like a bunch of categories. And this, this whole point was like, you want your kids to be able to, in the like for instance in basketball get go to practice and realize like when you step into practice this isn't your home anymore this isn't your work environment this isn't your you know your music group that you get together with there's a hierarchy here there's your coach there's the assistant coach there's your teammates there's probably even a captain of the team and you are going you are going to be a part of this game now and you can say okay well a kid that's like a realist could come in and say that guy shouldn't be the coach because I, I know more about the game than he knows or why is he the team captain? Like I've got better character than him. And he's like, this is dumb. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this. And then there's a kid that and he doesn't want to play the game. He's like, this is dumb. And I think a lot of people do that. Like I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to partake in this system, in this structure because I see all the insufficiencies of everybody that's been placed in their positions of authority or leadership. Um, and then there could be a kid that comes in. He's like, this is life. Like, like this, my coach can do no wrong. Like he's the coach. Oh wow. He's the team captain. Like he is, he's, you know, and they worship the the ground they walk on and, and they take everything like too seriously. And you're like, well, hold on. Like this isn't life. You know, ball is not life. And, and you got to be able to realize the difference. And then there's some other categories he goes through. Jordan Peterson does. Anyways, I think that you can learn a lot by learning how to adapt to just a set structure. And because we are homeschooled and because you and I 
or yeah, and then we're going to homeschool our kids. And we value freedom so much. We value being able to work outside of the system and, and trying to be able to like, you know, make our own way as entrepreneurs or be alternative into the way that we're living our life. I think it would really be easy to raise kids that, that don't see the difference of like, well, no, you also need to learn how to play in the system. Like we are in a system here and you have to be able to understand what it is and know when you turn that part of your brain on and you're like, oh yeah, like in this arena, the, the coach calls the play. Like, that's just how, that's how it is in this arena. Like I, I work with my teammates and, and we work towards this, this end goal. And I, I think that that's a skill set once again. And it, I don't know how to, um, it's one of those things. I don't know how to, you know, teach my boys or train my kids in my sons and my daughters in outside of that context. But I do think it was something that I learned in that sports team environment. Yeah, I do think that that's something my dad was really big on growing up was basically how to hack the system. Mm -hmm. Like how do you do the system better and faster than everybody else? Mm -hmm. And like I think of that with um, my dad's a serial entrepreneur, I should say. He's like tried everything, um, had so many different businesses. And when he was going to become a firefighter, that was a system that, wasn't necessarily his ideal. He ended up being a firefighter, I think, for a couple years. And then, I mean, like, no one goes through all that schooling and all that work to become a firefighter, lands the job, and then a couple years later is like, I'm out. I'm going to go try something new. But that was his story. And that was just how entrepreneurial he was. But he learned the system. He learned how to get hired. He figured out, you know, obviously all the schooling and stuff he had to do to get the job. And then went through all of the different, what do they call those fire stations, I guess. And all the ones that were hiring decided which one would be the one he wanted to work at and went through, learned everybody's names, learned who would be hiring, learned, um, you know, everything about them and really deep dived into that, that station and got his, um, got hired, off yeah. the, you know, at his ideal, station. at his ideal yeah. station. Yeah. And so that was one example to me, I guess, growing up of you need to learn how to really do well at the system when you want to use it. Yeah. And you're free to operate outside of it, but then really learn how to do it well. And I think of that even with like, you know, getting my bachelor's or whatever. I got it in two years of fully accredited bachelor's without ever going to school attending a college you know and that was when online school was like just becoming a thing and it's like okay I wanted to use the system of having a paper that said I did the bachelor's but I didn't want to do it for the amount of money it took and I wanted to start when I was 16 and so we want our boys and our and our daughter to be able to use systems yes. because operating within a system, you know, and that was the experience where I had a professor and it wasn't my mom and I had to do what they said and I had to write what they told me to write and read the books they told me to read even when I didn't align with the book and um, answer to someone else, mm. I should say, and learn how to thrive for each different professor. You know, mm-hmm. English is a very subjective um, grading system, right? And so I think that that's just something I'm just brainstorming here, but that's an area where I feel like I had to learn how to thrive within a system, Yeah, you know, and, and that is something we really want our kids to do is have a different authority that is not us. And don't just bow down before that authority and do everything they say, like it's the word of God, 
but learn how to respect authority and operate within that because that's a really healthy thing for people to do too. I don't want our kids to have authority issues and just think they're king tut all the time. Yeah. And I do think that that can be something that I've seen happen in homeschoolers. I think it's my propensity. It's been something that I've want, I still want to grow in that area because, because you see the extreme that is far more common of, of being, you know, kind of the, the, whatever, the most common product that maybe the public school produces. And that's, you know, like a factory worker or just kind of like follow the steps or just kind of like stereotype. Yeah. The stereo. Exactly. You're kind of like, they don't, they don't even question anything. They just go to the next, they, they take the test, they study the material. They're not asking why, or they're not thinking about the bigger purpose behind all of this. And I do think that is a problem. Of course, Mm -hmm. we don't want our children to do that, but then to flip and say, okay, well, everything's everything's dumb. Like the, all of these things are dumb that they're doing rather than the kid that I think is usually the, the most highest, um, or the, the person that I see as being the most influential, impactful, um, capable. And we want all those, all those adjectives to be true of our children are people that see the system for what it is. It's like, yeah, like this, my, your English class, whatever it was, 102 or whatever English class it was, you're like, this isn't life. But I, I see what's going on here. The system can like, be flawed, but it can still serve yeah, your goals. But I know what I want from yeah. this. And so I will play by the rules um, in a way that works for me. And and I will get what I want out of this. Instead of saying, oh, the system's done. I'm not going to play the game mm-hmm. at all. Um, and, and again, I'm, I keep. I wish I would have actually looked up that like Jordan Peterson. I think it's from his Maps of Meaning or something. Um, and, and I think even when I go back to sports, it... it there and there was always this kid that came in that was very skilled, very talented in his basketball, and would not play according to our team's offense. Right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't run our plays, or he was lazy on defense, or he wouldn't block out, or you can you can name whatever the things are that he just deemed invaluable. He's like those things aren't important. I've got I've, I'm a I've got a great shot. I've got good ball handling skills. Like that should be enough to be a starter or to be be on the team and when you were somebody that was on the team you're kind of like well that's clearly not going to work like you're i and you and that guy could say how dumb it was how dumb the system was or how dumb it was that the coach you know didn't like that he liked playing you know a one-man game or two-man game but that's just what the like this was how our team worked you know this is just how it's going to be and there were kids that were just as good as that kid that saw that they're like okay well i'll adapt like all, and I'll be good within that system. The word that comes to mind is scoffers. And we really don't want to raise scoffers. Yes. That sit back, fold their arms, and just because there's always something to scoff at in every human, mm. in every, in church, mm. in schooling, in any kind of affiliation, you could sit back and scoff at it. There's, it's not perfect. Yes. And we don't want to raise kids that sit back and do that. Well, I mean, yeah, that... I feel like we could do a whole episode just oh. on 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 not wanting to raise scoffers because yeah. I don't. That is the easiest thing to do as a human is mm-hmm. to scoff at things because everything that you are a part of your your music, your academia, your job, the sports team, your family, the church, the town that you live in, the country that you live in, you can sit back and scoff your life away mm-hmm. and and explain why you're not participating, explaining why you're better than all everybody else that is you know participating and that doesn't get you anywhere it just straight up doesn't get you anywhere um and so i think that that is one thing that was learned as well in 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 school sports should i keep going yeah please do um okay just the uh the practical and tangible skill 
that is acquired through showing up at practice every day, playing in a competitive environment. I think that that can bring a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have talked about this. I, there, you, there, there are hundreds of, there are thousands of kids that are probably better at basketball than me that didn't play on a varsity team. There, but still, there's something that comes that brings confidence. We're like, oh, I started on a high school varsity basketball team. It's like a benchmark, right? Or you letter in a sport, right? In high school, and of course, there's a bunch of other like benchmarks that you could stand back and say are so arbitrary, or they're, um, you know, like what is it's just random credentials that, that people get. But as a kid, and then as a young adult, those things, it's something that you can point to, and you can say, you know what, I because you're going to face things that you just have to have grit and. And you have to stick it through and you're like, oh, stick, stick with it, you know? And I'm like, man, I do think I valued that later on in life, realizing like, oh, I went to practice every day, you know, as a kid, I got my 500 shots in every day in the summer. Like I just would shoot 500 shots and you're like, that's just monotonous, like practical skill building work. And so then when it comes to music or when it comes to business and entrepreneurialism, when it comes to training your children, when it comes to a job you're taking, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I, I've, you've got this reference point that, again, I think is be, if you're brought up in a homeschool family like I was or like you were and, you know, we're going to bring our children up in, because we love rewarding results, it's just kind of like, hey, maximize it. Like, get through it as fast as possible. Like, get to the outcome as, as soon as you can. Like, we don't have to do school for seven hours today. We can do school for two hours today. You know, and if you work hard, you can you can, you can have the same results or better results. And of course I love that. Like you said, seeing the system and then trying to find, find a way through it as as efficiently as possible, but then also having things that you can reference back to and be like, Oh, that's right. I did that for two hours every day for eight years of my life. And I developed a, an actual skill from it. And I can then take that confidence into another skill that I want to acquire. Cause it's like your brain's gone to that point of being bored, it not being fun anymore you being tired, being uninterested, wondering why you're doing it in the first place, but then still doing the thing and then getting the result from it. Yeah, we really want to make sure that our children have multi-year um, goals that they complete while they're still at home. Things that can t- take, like you said, that birth of the vision, the death of the mm. vision before you see that fruit of the vision. And we don't want them to just be jumping around to all these different things. We want them to be able to point back to be like, I did something hard and laborious day after day after day, year after year. And not only that, but I can point to a quantifiable result. And yeah. I think that that's something that sometimes with homeschooling, as parents, you're giving out, some things aren't so quantifiable out in the workforce or out in society because, you know, your parent gave you a badge and told you you were good, but you don't have something that you can point to and say, hey, no, I actually did this that people can recognize without you telling them your entire life history. Yeah. <laughs> so it can really hurt your confidence if you go out in the world and you don't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. And Elisha and I both have a few of those things that we can point to, you know, your varsity basketball career being one thing that you mentioned, or like my degree being something that I could point to. Uh, but we want those reference points for our kids mm. where they have something that other people value because that builds not so, you know, they can care what other people think, but that builds confidence and it 
frames how you sell yourself in the marketplace, how you present yourself and the confidence with which you present yourself. And I think especially when um, you're a young person and you're going through just like it can be a real insecure time, dating, trying to figure out what your career is, all these things, having those things to point back to as these quantifiable wins it's important. It's a gift that we want to give our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe, you know, a fear would be, or their identity then is in basketball. It's like, this is what I do. I play basketball mm-hmm. or I, I'm a student, I'm a high achieving student or I'm a musician or whatever. Um, but I don't think that if you, if you give your kids a bigger worldview other than that, which we should be doing as Christian parents, then they are only pointing back to those things in those moments of, um, of, tr- of trying times when it's like, okay, I have to, there's a task before me. I need to accomplish this task. Do I have what it takes to accomplish this task? And then they can look back and be like, that's right. I did this other thing. I remember it being so hard and I wanted to quit. And actually I kind of did quit and, you know, mentally for a bit, but then I kept doing it and then I broke through and I was so glad I did it. The more of those things that you can have, because I mean, the I matter. face those things every week. I was going to say every, maybe not every day, but every week as an entrepreneur, there comes a time where there's a where you're like, what? I don't understand the way through this. Like, I don't. How do we? How do we navigate this? And then you remember back to like a math problem you went through. You know, as a 13 year old, that's right. I remember feeling that way sitting down in front of a math problem, or I remember feeling that way. You know, trying to learn a new song on the fiddle, and then I did. I learned the song, and it's funny how I still I, I go back to those things all the time today when I encounter problems mm-hmm. in business in parenting in communication um, and I want my children to have just like a whole tool belt so to speak of experiences where they're like no I've worked through hard things and I've kept going yeah I think of that circle of confidence that Dan Sullivan talks mm. about or the four C's mm. where he talks about I don't know maybe you can explain it better than I can but it first starts with committing to something yes, committing to something and then you need courage because committing is always fun. You get fired up. You like hear a motivational speech or you watch a... Committing can be very emotional. Yeah, exactly. You watch a movie that gets you fired up. You're like, I'm going to you know, be an Olympic swimmer. And so you commit and you and you go to the pool and and then we all know that that energy wears off very quickly, You know, like probably one lap down and back and you're kind of like, what's going on? And then it's courage that keeps you going. And it, after courage comes capabilities. And cape get it. You most people fail, stop before they get to capabilities. Yeah, they never go through that spot of courage. Yes, and and this or is another. I think it's or fear of failure. That's where all those things hit. Yeah, and there's a bunch of people that say stuff along these lines. But I mean, I've already brought up Jordan Peterson today. But I think he says something along the lines of like, you'll know if you you won't know if you're meant to do something unless you've th- tried it for a full year without stopping. You know, yes. like it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm not cut out for music. I'm not cut out for business. I'm not cut out for for college when when you're like seven weeks in you know or when you're like four months in it's really easy to say that yeah you haven't gotten any capability so of course it still feels lame yeah you don't get any momentum or any confidence which Mm -hmm. is that last c until you've developed some kind of capability and then you have to commit again yes and and get out outside your comfort zone again and so we want our children to go through that cycle over and over and over and over where they're developing these capabilities and they're getting confidence. And that's just a thing. Like if you're, we all know the kids that like were the Eagle Scout or were the athlete or Mm. was the, were the student president or the, you know what I'm saying? And we point back to those things that 
are quantifiable wins in our life when we're feeling like failures. Yes. And obviously the first thing we should be doing is, you know, seeking the Lord and finding our well, yeah, security the, in him. And I'm not this like, is all part of that, and it's not even just when you're feeling like a failure. It's just like when you're up against a challenge, up against a challenge. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to say it. But I, don't, I yeah. don't think like when you're feeling like a failure, you're like, Oh no, that's right. I remember that one game. I, man, no. you know, I yeah, went, I'm kind whatever. of marking I, it, the waters here. That's not, I, I don't want that to be where no, my kids I don't either. find their hope or their, you know, the retro. That's not where they find content. their hope or their fulfillment or their purpose or their identity. But we get up against a challenge every single day and it's really good to look back and be like, hey, I got this. I've done it before. I can do it again. Yeah. We want them to have that. I've done this before. I can do it again. Yeah. And sports was an area. Yeah, I think that, retro, that happened, like yeah. I said, again, this is new. This is a new territory for me as me being somebody that's like considering sports again. It's like, yeah. you know, what? I think that that was really helpful. One other thing, too, just before we close out, I really do think it was helpful to be reproved, you know, rebuked coached by people other than my parents and that is something that i want to look for opportunities since we are homeschooling our children i'm seeing how helpful it is ideally it's other christian men you know that are speaking into my sons not just encouraging them but also being like hey like no don't do that you know like that's unacceptable and uh and i still remember like i think i was kind of like i i had a very um probably in retrospect a very pious attitude as a homeschooler going into a public school environment and being like, well, I'm homeschooler. Public schoolers are like, those are the bad kids. You know, like they say the bad words and they, they watch the bad stuff and they do the bad things. Uh, and I can remember getting called out by my coach because I wasn't listening when he was walking through a play and me and another kid, you know, were talking over, over here and we're the ones that got called out and we had to run lines. And I was like, whoa, it was so humbling and sobering to be called out in like that public setting being like, Hey, like you got to run lines and everybody else watched, you know, while we were being punished. And that was so, so good for me as like a third, whatever, 12, 13 year old being like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, clearly just because I'm homeschooled doesn't mean I'm not stupid sometimes, you know, like I clearly, <laughs> I'm not perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and that's, that's, it sounds like an obvious thing, but I do think there is a, a, a potential for that to be a downfall of homeschool kids. Um, and so I want them to, again, I don't know if it's sports, but being in an environment where there's, you know, men that are, you know, re reproving them, rebuking them, and they can learn from it with humility, you know, and, and grow. Yeah. And this is something that, <clears throat> excuse me, I am, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see because we do have more boys and my experience was growing up as a girl. So that just like wasn't as much testosterone and aggression and uh, probably like struggle with authority and stuff like that. But I do think that two things that I really want our kids to know that I'm kind of hearing from the question or the things that you're putting out there is we really want our kids to be, be able to compete and be good with conflict. Mm. And those things are very, very important. And I don't know how I learned those things looking back, but I feel like I'm pretty solid with conflict. Like I'm willing to have confrontations, mm -hmm. but I don't love conflict. And I, yeah. I feel like I can um, de-escalate de a situation mm -hmm. if, if need be. And then I also feel like I don't know where I got the whole competitive thing, but I'd say for the majority, I think all of us in my family are just incredibly competitive. 
Yeah. Even the ones that are like chill, laid back personalities are competitive. And we yeah. laugh, you know, there's this camp my grandpa started called JH Ranch and they have this game called Bully Ball. Mm. And it's like the Johnson girls are just legends there. Mm-hmm. Because of how every single one of us, when my dad would take us to this father-daughter week-long camp, uh, we just like demolish everybody. Yeah, it's I a think really rough game. I think that's a culture thing too, a competitive because it, it was like a the standard culture. was set. Like, yeah, like Johnsons are good at bully ball. Don't let us down. <laughs> no, no but I, I think there like, was something. I feel to like that. there was a ton of our family culture. I feel like our co- family culture is conflict heavy, like learning to navigate conflict, probably a little too heavy on the conflict when I was growing up, as far as like, you just say what was on your mind, and then you had to deal with it and work through the emotions and all that. And then, um, which there were definitely elements that were unhealthy to that. And then also the competitive nature, we're all just really gung ho and competitive. Um, I'm not talking about like female competitivity, because that's different. Like Um, cat fighting type stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like physical competitiveness or like mental competitiveness not just like looking at someone and being like oh she's more attractive than i am or something like that we had those elements too but that's that's not um the healthy side of it so anyways i don't know i do think there are ways to to improve that when maybe a child is lacking in that while still making the system work for you like looking back at my childhood i guess we did gymnastics and we got really good at gymnastics. I was like seven or eight. And so the coach wanted to put us on the advanced competing teams mm-hmm. where we would be practicing three to four hours a day because gymnastics is just, you've really oh, got to commit yeah, to that you sport. You got to sell your soul. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. And um, my parents were just like, no. And so we just never competed in gymnastics, mm. but we still got that skill set, I mm. guess, of like doing hard things, but we never like went to the all day meets or whatever. Like we do performances, but. Mm. Um, Anyways, and then it was same with swim team. We did swim team Mm -hmm. and we compete against each other in the pool with the coach there and stuff like that. But we never did the meets because the meets were all day. Mm -hmm. And my mom just told the coaches like, my kids won't be doing the meets. I've got a million other kids at home. But we still competed on a daily basis, I guess, when we did swim team. I think like in those circumstances that you talked about, there was compromise there because I think there was something that you weren't able to learn and experience by not going to the meets, by not actually going and competing in a competitive environment that was in addition to your team. Cause that's always obviously different. Like, cause you know, it was different when you were playing volleyball, playing oh, practice yeah, totally. and then going to a game. Like, it's another level I of intensity. I loved that. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden I got to get accolades for what I was doing. Whereas like, it's the hard work to just do the practice. Oh, you just did, like, the boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I just did the boring stuff my whole life. Like no one ever cheered for me. Right for doing good there's like stuff. no places yeah like, yeah like in swim team my goal was to be the front swimmer on the team right because they put you in order for who's the fastest yeah and you get your times up on the board and so i would do that and just try to be the one in the front but then i would see the girls that like competed in the meets and they'd get all their you know they're posted all over the pool yeah, like in the newspaper yeah, yeah and i'm just like what the heck like <laughs> let me let me in coach yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like i wanted to compete so bad yeah and i don't know i think my parents just instilled a ton of confidence in us and competition thinking we can do this well if mm. you just let us let us go yeah um that i don't know i guess i and again i'm a girl so this is totally different than your experience but like when I think of high school sports, I didn't feel like I learned, and this is going to sound 
whatever, it's going to sound how it sounds. I don't feel like I learned anything in high school sports that I hadn't already learned outside of high school sports. Hmm. Like the grit, the determination, the competitiveness, the dealing with authority, like when coach calls a play or a ref calls a play. Mm. Or, and again, this wasn't basketball where you're like in the mix and people are jabbing you and all that, right? We're on our other sides and then own sides of the net and stuff. But I just feel like um, it was just a place for me to go in and see all the stuff I knew and be like, wow, this is valuable. Like, um, like what I guess it was really confidence building to go in that environment mm-hmm. and do really well in it. Yes. Does that make sense? No doubt. Yeah. I realized how mature I was and how like, you know, I could just like control my Even emotions. Just, like socially. Yeah. And, socially, yeah. mentally, physically, like when, um, you know, when we'd like run corners or something, my sisters and I would just be like sprinting to the next corner as hard as we could doing as many pushups as we could trying to lap the other girls on our team. And it was just like, I'm sure they loved that. Cause yeah. we, well, yeah. I don't, it was what it was. The coach loved it, you know, cause yeah. it pushed everybody to go faster. And there were some great competitive girls on our team that were like, dude, we're going to compete with you. Like practice was a competition. Yeah. And, but in those moments, like, I think we just realized like, Oh, we go hard and we give our best, like, all the time that's just what we do yeah you could hang and you're like not just hang like yeah excel. you can excel like we were just always used to doing our best and stuff yes and trying our hardest and i yeah. didn't realize like like there can also be i guess a negative effect or like even just like emotionally we just like held our emotions together yes um because emotions weren't tolerated on the level that like i, I guess you could also send kids in in that environment and have the expectation be lower than what you want it as a parent. Yes. Where they get used to just going through the motions because everyone Without on the team doubt. is going through the motions. Yeah. Or they get used to um, cursing under their breath or they get used to, you know, weeping. And these yeah. are all things that would happen, right? And, right? and my sisters and I were like looking around like, whoa, this is this is tolerated. This is normal. So I think that there can be a flip side to these mm-hmm. things too, depending on the kid, depending on what age they go in. Cause again, you went in a lot younger. I was 14 the first time I went into a high school, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. You even talk about like giving your best, I think because I, who knows just poor character, but I started young and I think I started playing competitive basketball with the mindset of like, you just play hard all the time yeah, and you play hundred percent on every play. And then as years go by, you learn when you can kind of slack off and then yeah, like, like there's kind like, of an okay, art to I'll that kind too. of wait for the fourth quarter. And it's, and, and I regret that big time because there was a handful of times where I was just going through the motions and, and that was something that my dad, it, it, it killed my dad, not because of my performance or, you know, I didn't score enough or whatever. He like, he just saw the character flaw of not trying of like, you need to try hard. And I think that that's something that can be developed. That can be, mm-hmm. that's a skill I think that you can uh, instill and, and teach within your children. And I want to do that in my kids. And it's something that I really struggled with throughout my basketball playing career. Cause I, I do think that like, you know, I was the introspective thinker that was like, well, big picture, like this doesn't, you know, this doesn't really matter. And so, you know, as the game got intense, the way I would like call myself, just kind of like, hey, it's not that big of a deal if this doesn't all work out, which of course that's true. But I would use that to then not actually try my hardest. You know, I, mm-hmm. I took that mindset to the extreme of being like, hey, tomorrow's another day. You know, like, hey, you know, like it's just one game or it's just, mm-hmm. and, I, and I took that mindset like far too often and you start having that mindset every practice, then every game, you're like, oh, it's just one practice. It's just one game. Then all of a sudden I had habits 
of just kind of, you know, being lazy on defense and, and really not crashing the boards and being okay, you know. With, well, you were a really finishing. good player. But I'm saying is it's like I, I, I hit a place where it's like I know I won't get criticized at this level. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll, I'll be fine here. And, and I think my dad saw that in me and that killed, you know, that would kill him. And, and I, it, kill, it kills me and my own boys when they're in their like silly soccer league. When I see them like not trying their hardest, I'm like, no, like you don't have to win. You don't have to score all the goals. I just need you to get out there. Try. Like, why are you not competing? I know. Uh, And that's like, there's just so many interesting things to this like conversation. It's interesting too, looking back. I know we're getting long, but uh, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe other things like other areas that we did this that wasn't again like in a traditional sense was we would run 5Ks mm. and we started this when I was like five years old. I ran like my first fun run. Yes, yeah, so we do fun runs. But the way we did fun runs was we'd bleed out our eyeballs and try oh, to win yeah. the fun run. And so we did this all the time. We did tons of 5Ks. I ran my first half marathon at 11 in a pair of shorts I sewed out of a pillowcase because I didn't know athletic shorts were a thing. Whoa. And all my other shorts were too big and heavy. <laughs> I never knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, I, um, but I remember doing that because every 5K we would go to, we would pass all the cross-country kids that were out there to just you know, they got their like iPods cranked up and like they're out there for a training run. And every single 5k I went to the coach, if there was a cross country team there, the coach would come up to my parents. Yeah. And be like, Hey, why aren't your kids on a cross country team? Yeah. It's like, we'll buy them. We'll buy them a Mercedes. (laughs) Get them in our program. No, but it's like, that was just my experience with sports was like our family's dedication outside the system for whatever reason, the culture was so strong that people wanted you inside the system. Yeah, you know, exactly. They begged us to do track. They yes. begged my brother to be the football quarterback. Like, and he never threw out a football. Like he just throw it during halftime for fun, you know, but they were just like, he's so fast. Oh and yeah. He's so good. Well, and Baylor's like, like a freak athlete yeah, too, you know? So, and so I guess that was my experience with sports and like, but obviously, we went to like a small school, so we were able to play varsity. I'm, I'm talking small. Like, I think there were like 200 people in our high school. Yeah. So um, I got to have a great experience where I just went in. And I'm wondering and if we can play. do something like that for our kids. And we couldn't do that because, in a bigger high school. Yeah. I don't want to get involved when they're young yeah, in travel so, teams, but I would I love know. for them to get a couple years of I'm know, with you. They need to sports. be out like, with someone else where we aren't there, where they, someone else is calling the shots. Like, I think the first time I did that was 13 in debate. And my, that was the first time I was like alone with the guy who was heading up the debate class. You were alone with him? Yeah. That doesn't sound good. Um, it wasn't, there was no other authority or parent figure. There was the the leader of the debate class and all us kids. Uh And I was like, Whoa, this is, this is big time, you know? Mm I'm going to go home and sew myself a pencil skirt. Yeah. We should probably wrap this up. (laughs) Folks, thank you so much for listening. We're going to call it a night here. If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave us a rating or a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you're watching it on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up or subscribe to our channel. We appreciate all of you so much. We're going to see you in two days too because we do two podcasts a week. Yeah. Talk to you on Thursday. Bye-bye.